Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to work on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared Jayhawk Hawkins. I'm joined as always by Jay Gold. And a happy late <laughs> Mother's Day to anybody who uh, celebrated and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting with you all again. And also joining us as always is Marky. Hi. Um, hi. I, I, I'm dying once again. This, this weather is trying to kill me. My allergies <laughs> are off the chain right now. I, I don't know what to do about this. I'm not happy about it, but, you know, I'm here. I I've, I felt like garbage all day. And well, matter of fact, my I've got such a bad headache. I was like, I really don't want to record, but we got to get it done. Oh. We got this. I'm 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 happy to be here. I'm not I'm unhappy about the allergies, but I'm happy to be here. Okay. How was everybody weekend? Delightful. There was lots of rain and uh, we got a new couch in my house, which was nice. And then yesterday I had all my in-laws over for. Mother's Day, and that's always a an adventure. It could be its own podcast on its own, um, but but this, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a deep, good weekend to sit down and and catch up on some of the shows that were on uh, IWTV. To be honest, just uh, not with too much to do. I did catch uh, Doctor Strange last Thursday when it opened, and that was fantastic. And I highly recommend everybody seeing it. And yeah. I finally downloaded MLB the Show, and I am loving that game. So. It was a productive weekend for me. How about you, Marky? I went to AIW's Cibernetico de Mayo. I had a very fun time. Solid show all around. Also made my debut on Wrestling Cheers to discuss said Cibernetico de Mayo. So that's going to be coming out soon. Check it out, everyone. But yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. Kind of just took it easy this weekend. That was a great show, Marcy. Did you have fun at it? I had a blast. I, I made sure to control like my drinking this time. I didn't go too too hard, despite it being Cinco de Mayo. That show was the the I it took me a little while to remember what uh uh Cibernetico was. Um, but that show was uh that that last exchange with Derek and Dom was absolutely insane. It was insane. And as they said, it was a fun show all around. And I've never heard of that Babushka Baron guy, but he got his head taken off and uh I, I was happy with that. That guy, I just don't get it. Why you're just wrestling with the scarf on your head? Like, what? What's the deal? I don't know if either one of you have ever heard of this guy, but I'm pretty sure he's been on shows we've reviewed. Not that I remember seeing. I don't remember either, honestly. I mean, you, you could very well be right. We watch a lot of shows. Sometimes they blend together, but I don't don't remember that at all. Was he on you- that show from Japan where they had the sign for the toilet? Was that the no. one? No. <laughs> He was for sure on the OWA show that we watched. I, that was my first show, actually. Okay. Uh, oh, I wasn't on that show that week. I remember. I missed that one. But okay, yeah. I I I was totally taken back by um, trying to figure out what his deal is and why I'm supposed to be uh, understanding what the whole Babushka thing is. But um, I'm glad Broner took his head off. That just made me very happy. Babushka means grandma. Uh, I think. Well, I I thought it meant head head scarf. I thought, was, I thought that was a dance on the Adams family. The- he's the grandma Baron? No, I don't think that's right. I think he's the, the headscarf Baron. Uh, I wish I could. Okay, I took it easy this weekend, but my son play was this weekend, and that was a clusterfuck of epic proportions. I didn't even get to watch the first half of Kibernetico de Mayo. Because they're like, oh, our rehearsal on Thursday will be done at 6.30, 7 o'clock, no problem. Yeah, we're going to 8 o'clock. 
And like, it couldn't have that happen. I'm like, it's going to be a clusterfuck. And it was. Oh, wow. And well, it, they were on indie time on Friday for opening night, but the door was supposed to open at 630 and the show starting at seven and 701. They opened the door. You should and what time did the show? Yeah. What time did the show start? You're probably like, I planned accordingly for this. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> The show started about 7.30, but we end up going in there and my wife finds our seats and they're right next to the fucking speaker. And like, are you, and I'm just looking at her like, are you serious? Like you pick these seats and they're right next to the speaker. I don't know if the speaker is going to be there. Been- How many people are at this high school production that you got a chance to pick your seats? Uh, I mean, it's a small school, but I, I didn't count how many chairs they had set up or any of that crap, but. Right. Fascinating. Yeah, but but we didn't we didn't go Saturday because we had other plans, which I'll talk about in a second here. But we go Sunday and they decided Sunday for Mother's Day, they're going to do cabaret style. So there's going to be a dinner beforehand. If you yeah, if you, if you bought the if you bought the dinner ticket oh. and the wife wanted to do that. So that's no problem. And when she ordered the seat for those, I was watching her order the seat the way they had the seating chart set up. She picked a table that was like right in the center of the stage, right at the aisle. We get there and they've rearranged the table. So our table is the one right next to the fucking speaker. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. They screwed you again. Break. Yep. Screwed you again. Yeah, I looked at my wife right there. I'm like, you're taking the seat ta- the right next to the speaker this time. I don't care if it's mother and dad. I did this Friday. You're doing it today. <laughs> Give me at least that much. Yeah. No, but uh, Saturday, we didn't go to that performance because uh, the local theater, the local music hall here had an inconceivable evening with Carrie Elway where they showed the Princeton Bride on a big screen. Nice. And then, they, and then Carrie always did like an hour Q&A and then there was a meet and greet after if you paid for the expensive tickets, which I did. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That does sound like fun. I'd like to watch uh, Princess Bride again on the big screen. Yeah, you get people reacting, people cheering when Inigo Montoya kills Count Rugen. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And we, but we do have a lot of fun here. We got some independent wrestling to talk about. Do we want to talk about what's on this week? Let's do it. Hell Yeah. What's on IWTV? This week on IWTV, Wednesday, May 11th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Paradigm Pro presents the UWFI Contender Series Season 5, Episode 2. Thursday, May 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Wrestling Open, Episode 19, airing live. Nothing announced for that show as of yet, as of this recording. Friday, May 13th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Northern Federation of Wrestling presents Another Way Out. Marco Stunt against Yoya in the main event. Kid Bandit, Shane Taylor, Jordan Oliver, Debbie Ortiz, and others on that card. Friday, May 13th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. West Coast Pro Wrestling against Ill Manor. Main event of this show, Timothy Thatcher against Kevin Blackwood. That's actually a um, DAC lineup here. I would say that that's going to be a banger of a match. That's going to be a banger of a match. Will Osprey against Titanic Alexander on the card. AJ Gray against Robert Martyr, Levi Everett against JD Drake, Billy Stark against Dark Sheik. Like a lot of good matching on that card. Saturday, May 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern. On Point Wrestling presents Triumph. Main event of that card for the OPW Championship. Kit Osborne defending against Matt Tremont. You also got Robert Martyr against David Richards, Igea Broner against Akira, and a lot more on that one. Billy Tipton against Agriel. That could be fun. Saturday, May 14th, also at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. High Tension Wrestling presents the Electric City Showdown. Miracle Generation against the Mighty Militia in the main event of that card. Nunzio on the card against Haber Dorado. Angelina Love on the card, Big Dan Champion. Killian McMurphy against JTG on that card. And a lot more. Stack lineups this weekend. Some fun, some fun shows this weekend. Definitely. Oh, for sure. 
Sunday, May 15th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, ICW No Hold Barred presents ICW No Hold Barred Boston. The American Deathmatch Championship will be on the line in a Taipei Deathmatch, and Eric Ryan defending against Bobby Beverly in the main event. Sunday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, H2O presents Underrated Episode 24. And then Monday, May 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, South East First presents Uncharted Territory, Season 4, Episode 2. No matches announced for that act of this recording. Tony Deppin, Shaka McKenzie, and more will be on that card. That is what's on IWTV this week. Stacked week. Good-looking card. Lots of really good talent. Um, good to see Broner doing a bunch of different shows. I like to see that. I feel like Shaza is on every show. Um, I'm assuming her run is coming to a close in the next couple of weeks. It's my understanding. Um, but, yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's, it's a good week again. For wrestling, I love that the summer, that the warm months are coming. More shows can run outside. Maybe they can get creative with some other stuff. So uh, that's something to look forward to. Now, my my only question to you, Jayhawk and Marcy, if either one of you know, is that robot going to wrestle on any of these shows for the independent wrestling title? Now, we're gonna we have lots of shows again, and no word of said robot wrestling for said title. So I would very much like to know when the robot is going to get its chance. <laughs> oh, its chance for the independent wrestling title. Anyone got an answer? Anyone? I think you, you just have to pass to Jerry about that. I would, I would like home office to, uh, to inquire with Jerry and say, Jerry, when's the robot going to wrestle? Cause I'd really like to know. Cause Josh over here is dying to see resolution. I don't like watching TV shows and skipping the ending. So what's up? When does it happen? Well, first thing first, we have to know who the champion is going to be coming into that. As we're recording the Uncharted Territory, you know, episode one is ongoing with the title online in the main event. So it doesn't get- matter. doesn't matter who the champ is. Just tell me when that robot is going to be activated and stop slurping up all the lucha power and figure out when it's going to wrestle for the title. Oh, it's absurd at this point. <laughs> yeah i'm hoping it's a case like last year where whoever it is on mac at the beginning of the match because i i cringe at what they're going to try to do with the cgi if they try to wait till after the match formed on mac yeah i'm hoping that we don't see uh red eyes and and beep up boop up beep up wrestling type stuff i'd like to see them wrestle i'm gonna say the opposite i hope they do that but they do practical effects for the live audience <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they have like a little button in his back and he can turn on his red eye lights and everything. Sure. Why not? Uh, you know what? I'd be okay with that. You're right. CGI's overrated. Let's go all practical. All practical. That's right. Maybe a stunt man here and there. That whole thing. <laughs> switch them up when they roll into the ropes, get a stunt man doing some big spots, switch them back up, roll into the ropes again. I like it. All right. So we are, uh, Asking about the record spotlight segment, we are looking to revamp that a little bit. It's going to be another week or two before we bring that back. That is coming back. That uh, is correct. We are working on on obtaining our talent and uh, getting things in order. And I do believe the uh, month of June is going to be in uh, Marcy's court. So we'll see what we got. I got, I got a couple things planned, you know. Excellent. Can't can't reveal everything yet. Oh, you gotta, I like it. You got you to keep something for later. Yeah. It's, it's a tease, like when that robot's going to wrestle. <laughs> uh, you're obsessed with that fucking robot. I want finality. I need endings here. Life is too short. I get hit by a bus tomorrow, and my last words are going to be, 
who does the robot wrestle and who's under the mask? I got, were you this bad between like, I know you're a big Marvel person. Were you this bad between like Infinity War and Endgame coming out? Oh, yeah, I certainly am. I am, I am very antsy. I am one of those people who binge is probably the best style of television for my mental, you know, health because I can get to an end and I know that I don't have to wait. Um, But, you know, when you do a show where you mask everybody up and everyone is shown who's under the mask after every match, and then you don't even show the end, who's going to wrestle and who is it? You know, I got a problem with that, Jerry. I got a problem. Got a big problem with it. All right, well, we got a we got a show to review, a pretty fun show to review here. So let's go ahead and get into it. Yep. The weekly review. And this week we are covering Black Label Pro Fancy Wrestling, May first, twenty twenty two, from the RDF Gym in Crown Point, Indiana. Wrestling with a dress code. So the idea was that the fan and some of the wrestlers would be in formal wear. Some of the fans did not get the memo. Um, they certainly did not. A lot of the fans did not get the memo. And and it seemed to me as though the only people in fancy attire were the referees. And they actually were more in like old wrestling attire as opposed to fan- fancy wrestling attire would have been them with crisp, you know, white shirts and 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 maybe a long tie. Maybe they're refereeing in a tuxedo, not hey. in, you know, a 40s referee bow tie. One one wrestler was very classy and very fancy. So yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. There were there were a few, but I mean the crowd. I mean some of those guys put on their finest uh, sport coats. You know, prayed they fit and came on out. And uh, the rest, I did not see anything fancy. So you know, not even J Rose, and he was the announcer. Honestly, sneakers and jeans, buddy. Somebody's he missed the memo. He's the announcer. He should have been in a full tux, to be honest. It should have been tails, maybe a top hat. You know what I mean? I think, I think, you know, if you're going to go in with a term, if you're going to call it fancy wrestling, let's go all in on it. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think they had the 100% buy-in. The, the, one per- the one person on the staff that was that actually went all out for the fancy wrestling was Sarah Shockey on commentary. She was never on camera. Like, I, I would have known if I would have seen pictures on Twitter. That's right. That's right. I saw that. And and that's unfortunate. Um, you know, they, they, they really should have leaned into it super duper heavy. And unfortunately, I don't think they did. I think they had an idea and it just, it, it, it made sense and it just didn't play out like that. I'm looking for like an old school wrestling at the chase style. Yeah. Cut up here. And we got a bunch of fans who are like, yeah, I'm wearing what I want to wear. Like WWE fans going to the hall of fame ceremony. However, the show itself was really fun here. Now I watched this show live and I did not get a chance to go back and watch it in depth. I have very few notes. So as far as like real detail type of stuff, you guys are gonna have to carry me on this. Mm-hmm. But I got enough. I got enough to get us going here. So the opening contest, which honestly could be event a lot of independent shows. Anthony Green taking on Myron Reed. And and I have to say, Anthony Green is awesome. And this match was to me was a really nice way to start. I not to nitpick, but I will say this match was a little long for an opening match. But um, uh, you know, Anthony Green is. The two of them are, are just, you know, solid, you know, polished uh, <laughs> veteran uh, members of, of the independent scene. So, you know, I expected nothing less than a really, really good competitive match. And that's what we got. Yeah, there's some really fun spots here. I think my personal favorite was I think at one point, Myron Reed went for some type of cutter and then Anthony Green reversed it into the, the I believe it was a tornado on Pretty Air, which always like 
I always I always go big for that one. Yeah, that was that was a really good spot, and and there was uh there were several reversals of because I think Myron Reed's finisher is a cutter, so there were several reversals of that style or wherever they were going with that. Um, and but I I will say I do think the match went. There was no reason for this show to go as long as it did. I think you could have cut three or four minutes off this and still had just as much action crammed into it. But um, I, I, I mean, it's it's a really good way to open up the show. Anthony Green and jeans, though fancy wrestling, should have been wearing tuxedo pants, suit pants, something. I'll, I'll give the, the top. The top was fancy. Yeah. Okay, but we're still in jeans, and it's supposed to be fancy. So you know, maybe somebody in like a, a dicky. Wouldn't you love to see a dicky? You get, you gotta be practical though. You got you can't you can't give up any like athletic abilities by wearing some duck pants. <laughs> okay, so a dicky is perfect. It's a tur- fake turtleneck with just the front, and then your arms and body are free to go about your day. I would have loved it. Somebody in something formal. Give me something formal if you're gonna call it fancy. I is that fa- I, that's okay. I don't know if that's fancy to me. <laughs> it's seventy chic, Marcy. I don't. I don't think anything called a dicky can be considered fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that item of clothing. I think my father had several. You just wear the dicky, and you have like a sports coat over it, and your arms are all free. Just everything else is just all about what today is. You know, like you don't have to wear a shirt under it. Some people wear it wore a t-shirt under it, but you could go without it, and then you're just flapping in the breeze after that. So. I, I mean, you know, that I'm just nitpicking the fancy wrestling title, but the card itself was good. The match was was exactly what was needed. That, that's like that's like telling the girl you like that you have a boat and it ends up being a dinghy. Like, I mean, I, you, you can't be impressive in a dinghy. I'm sorry. It's, uh, okay. get, I'm, I'm looking up images of the sticky. I got very worried typing it at first. <laughs> no, don't get, don't worry. Just t- you'll find them. They even still sell them. I don't know how many people wear them, but they still sell them on there. Yeah, much like with the bang bro, make sure you make sure you add a word to that when you're searching for it. Exactly. <laughs> and look, Anthony Green getting the win in 1002 with a rolling cradle. Good little matchup here to open. All right, our next matchup ends up being the only ladies match on the card. We've got Alex Crowley taking on Shaka McKenzie. Now, I I don't know. Um, I don't know about I, I haven't seen many Alice Crowley matches. Um, I was not um, disappointed in the match. I think the match was fine. Shaza took it seriously. She was wearing the black, almost like the black swan with the feather boa type of underneath with the outfit. She looked, she was the only one to me who looked like she was taking it seriously as far as fancy wrestling. Um, the match itself was a little bit sloppy and, you know, kind of like what I expect out of a Shaza match. But, um, you know, people seem to dig it. So I, I have no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get I get why some people are into Shaka McKenzie. I'm kind of over it, honestly. She's like, a little overexposed right now. I, I, that can that can what it is. Like she's on because she's only in the in the states for a couple of months. She's on like every show. I don't need to see her on every show. She's she's very solid, very very solid worker. I got nothing against her work, but that she she's not good enough to where I'm excited to see her on any of these shows. Yeah, that's 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 has been i think at this point is she's she is overexposed there's too much um for somebody who i don't know is ready for that kind of spotlight oh uh, yeah this match was this match was okay i would say it was bad it was it was it existed That's about it <laughs> anyway uh not a very long match here i think it's the shortest match on the card actually shocking getting the win in 722 and from there 
I kind of want to call this the control your narrative special. We've got Crash Jackson taking on Big Damo. Some big old beefy boys. Oh, these guys were both. I mean, Damo's gigantic to begin with, but uh, um, that Crash Jackson, he was all sorts of round. Like, <laughs> he was just round. We got some big they, men clapping meat here. I'm- they hit each other super duper hard. Uh, I, again, so to skip to the end part here that I have my problem with, the match was fine. I, I just don't need any. Damo doesn't have to put anybody over. I don't need high fives and handshakes. Exit the ring, please. Whoever the loser is, roll. Ref, roll him out of the ring. Go on your way. Damo is fine. I get why. Look, here's something I'm going to say <laughs> that might not be popular, but when Vince releases guys, okay, when Vince releases talent, he, he obviously sees something. When you see Big Damo in the ring, did, does he scream to you that this guy needs to be on television every week? Probably not. I mean, the match was kind of sloppy. He's a polished, experienced veteran. You got to make that. It's up to him to fix that in there. So it was It was what it was. It was two big guys just beating the crap out of each other. But I don't need – I'm not giving um, Crash, whatever his name is, um, any more credit because Damo raised his hand in the ring or gave him a handshake. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm coming off a little negative tonight. I think the show itself kind of gave me – I have a lot of strong opinions about it just because I was able to sit at home on Saturday and really watch all of it. Um, but Damo's not the guy who we're like, if he raises your arm, I'm not, he's not giving anybody the rub. It just doesn't make sense to me. My issue isn't necessarily the big demo trying to give anybody the rub. It seems like every show there's three or four matches where everybody can break in after the match and, and Luke can affect after a while when you get go often. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. And, but I'm saying he, he doesn't look like, you know, there's some guys like Anthony Green came off a of TV. He looks great when he comes out now on the indies. Looks like a different style of talent. You see Anthony Green come out. You see anybody who was on television, whether it be AEW or WWE, and they come out, right? They come through the curtains in an indie show. Their presence just envelops you and demands it. Maybe it's because the show didn't have as many people, didn't have a very large turnout. So maybe the energy wasn't there because a guy like that at a show where people know him at some, you know, maybe on the East Coast or something where people really get amped up to see ex WWE guys. Maybe he would have had more of a vibe to him. But look, the crowd was kind of dead through the whole thing. So, it, you know, he just didn't come off as a star. You know what I mean? Like you put you see him on the roster you're like, holy shit, that dude, I love him. Nope, he just kind of came off as another guy in a match. So, yeah, I mean. He had a, he had a role in WWE when he was the heavy for Kennedy, and once that role was gone, he there was really no use for him, which is why he's not there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the role that best scoots him. I don't think I necessarily see him as a one on one type of guy. But but I I had no issue with this match overall. It was Big Damo getting the win with the Vader bomb in eight thirty six. He sure has a lot of hair though. Oh, he sure does. Uh, you know how long that takes me to get rid of all that? It's like a whole day's worth of back shaving and whatnot. That would take a long time. I really wish we had a sponsorship with Manscaped right now, but we got a perfect segue. But we sure do. And I own a bunch of that stuff. So if they ever want to get on board, <laughs> send me some of that stuff. Okay. From there, we go to a match I had a lot of fun with watching live. It was Dan the Dad taking on Billy Stark. And I, and I kept this on the IWTV guy Twitter when I was doing the show live. If, there, if referees had gimmicks that had something to, Something to do uh, with anything behind their shoe. This would be the ref- gimmick I would want to have a referee. I want to be ref the dad. 
Ref the dead. Yeah. Okay. That's what everybody needs. And a condescending referee in the match the whole time. <laughs> he's not yeah. mad at you. He's just disappointed. Just I caught you with that low blow. I am just disappointed in you. <laughs> I, I caught that low blow. Stand in the corner. Go I mean, I, th- I thought Billy Stark showed some range. I don't remember her ever being a bad guy. So I like the, 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 uh, what's it called? The rebellious teenager type of gimmick for her versus Dan the dead. Yeah, my first note for this match actually is puberty is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Preach it, Gifter. Look, I'm going through puberty puberty number two. I feel it. I want to rebel super hard. (laughs) I I thought, I I mean, Dan the Dad's gimmick is kind of, is what it is, but I thought Billy Starks and him really had some really, really good chemistry. And I am really, um, what's the term? Pleasantly like surprised with the development of Billy Starks in the last, you know, two or three years. She is, you know, when she's ready to roll and she's um, and, and, you know, once she's like, cause I, I don't know her age, but I'm, everybody talks about her age and being in the locker rooms and whatnot and everything else. When she's legal, let's say, I mean, she doesn't going to be no stopping her because she'll be able to perform in, in every state and do whatever it is she does. And I think she's uh, uh, one of those names that, is on the way up to the point where you you say, okay, when she's on the card, you're like, okay, I know I'm going to get a good match out of her. She gives you a good match every time. Yeah, I want to I want to say she's 17. I, she's not, I know she's not 18 yet. I think she's mm. 17. Don't quote me on that. That's what I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to find her date of birth right now. Well, I could swear I saw pictures on Twitter of her going to her own prom. So I'm assuming that she is in that high school range. So I think um, when she becomes old enough to be a little bit more worldly, uh, and and perform in different states that don't you know that allow workers as far as um, eighteen over. Uh, I think she's going to really become the next woman, the next gatekeeper, the next woman who's going to go up. Um, you know, Alley Cat, Alley Catch, whatever. There's you know you had you have your you have three or four women on the independents, Davy Ann, um, who are always you know top. Those are the women who you're going to see on the card. And I think Billy is, is the next one makes the most sense, has the most sense in the ring um, and has the highest upside. Cause she's so young, you know, in three, four years, you're going to have a star on your hands if, if she continues in that direction. So this was a good match comedy wise, the people were digging it. She played off the gimmick really well. And Dan, the dad did his job in there. And, and so I, I thought that was a pleasant breakup to how the, how the matches were going. Oh, yeah. This, I don't know if I'd say this was the best match, but it was for sure one of my favorite matches on this card. Yeah, yeah, definitely fun. In the end, it was Billy Stark with the low blow getting the win in 925. And from there, we have tag team action. The Bang Bro with Trevor Outlaw taking on the Miracle Generation. And if you're going, if you're unfamiliar with the Bang Bro and want to do a Google search for them, please add wrestling to the end of Bang Bro. Otherwise, you're not, not going to like what you see. Well, maybe you will like what you see, but you, you may end up like Sean Ross Sapp tweeting all sorts of <laughs> nasty stuff on Twitter, which is good for our show, but not for his stuff. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the, I, I like them. I've never seen them before. So I thought that they were, they were really fun. This was a good tag team match. So I, I just saw them live at Cinco, uh, I was actually talking about wrestling cheers. I think they have a huge amount of upside for the little bit. I saw at that show. I really enjoyed what I saw. Same thing here. They're very athletic. They, Definitely have some interesting like double team maneuvers. I'm, I think they have a fairly bright future. They've only been wrestling, I think, three years. But considering two of those years was basically the pandemic, 
Like them now, wrestling at the level that they are is like incredible. Now they're the Bang Bros. They're talking about is uh, is Bang Energy Drink. Is that what it is? Because the dude's name is Bang, or because like, I'm, I'm yes. I don't know the gimmick that well. So um, he, yes, because I can't remember on this show, but at least at the uh, at the Winchester show, Davy Bang was coming out with a bang and did a flip while holding said bang. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. A fun little tag team match here. Uh, both guys did some really, really fun double team moves throughout the match. It was the Bang Bro getting the win in 10.55 when Davey Bang pinned Dustin Waller with a slingshot spear. Really nice looking move. And then we go to what I think was probably my favorite match of the entire card. Black Label Pro Midwest Championship on the line. The challenger, Davey Richards, champion, filthy Tom Lawler with the greatest fucking outfit. Tom Waller got the memo for fancy wrestling. I love this. I love this. Tom, Tom he, he was the most fancy dressed, <laughs> and he's he's the guy. Tom Waller for for a guy who, if we all remember seeing him in in the Ultimate Fighter and in UFC, he's a guy who just has gotten it his whole career. He gets it. So when they tell you it's fancy wrestling, of course, fucking Tom Waller comes out in a tuxedo rash guard and tuxedo tights. There is no one better at the game than Tom Lawler. He gets it. And everybody around him when he comes out gets it. And I, I love that about him. He's also the toughest guy in probably the whole locker room. He could probably kill everybody if he wanted to. Um, but he, uh, that, and I was also stunned that Davey Richards made the booking. So, I, you know, five stars for Davey Richards showing up for this one. <laughs> now, Davey Richards on this comeback has been, fan, has been fantastic. Now, not only he made all the bookings, but he had great matches with pretty much everybody he'd been in the ring with. A uh, guy I've never, he wrestled guy I've never heard of before they wrestled him and made them look great. I, 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 David Richard can really redeem himself quite a bit so far in this comeback. It's been fun to watch because, yeah, like he had this reputation of just kind of being an asshole. And it's been very much the opposite of this run. Now, now during this match, how did Tom Lawler get busted open? Because I either blinked and missed it or like, because he was bleeding all over the place, and that wasn't, I know, that was that was the hard way, wasn't it? I don't remember exactly how it happened, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, it's hard to tell. It's, I don't, like, it was for sure the hard way. Yeah, because I remember just looking over, and then, uh, uh, not Sarah, but the other guy who was doing commentary was like, he's, he's starting to leak a little bit from his head. And I was like, where did that happen? I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't, like, get a quick glimpse as to where he got busted open, but he was a mess. Well, you figure with Tom Waller's career trajectory, like he's been a UFC fighter, so he's been busted open and UFC fight. He could have just opened up an old wound, bumping up right. something. Like it might not even been that anything that actually opened it up. Right, right. But I, I do say he was, and for a show with. So what's funny is that show is like a daytime show. All the lights are on in the in the gym, and he is bleeding like it's you know ten thirty at night at, in the Odeon at a main event he is just bleeding all over the place and i'm like there's no way he did this on purpose because there's only like three rows of fans not dressed fancy and there's no there's no way he was just bleeding like that so i'm assuming it was it was due to uh it was due to being cut open the hard way it would have had a lot more effect if he'd been wearing a white outfit instead of a black but i mean it was all over the place so it was fine either way yeah, but this match is fantastic. Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if my colleague will agree here, but I'll, okay, if you're if you're only going to watch one match from this show, this would be the one to watch, in my opinion. Just some great stuff. Yeah, this was. Yeah. A, the, yep. 
Yeah. Lawler, Lawler gets the pin with an inside cradle in 1334. So it's also the longest match of the show, just barely. Okay, from there, we come back from intermission, and we've got the Impact Wrestling X Division Championship on the line. Ace Austin defending against Devin Monroe. Now, I don't know Devin Monroe, um, but I do say the match was really good. And see, Ace Austin comes out, feels like a presence. He's got his TV presence. He looks good. He's got a great figure. He just looks, he just looks the part. And this match, he, they went at each other. And I was very pleasantly supply, surprised with this match, considering I don't really watch Impact that much. And I didn't know the other guy. And I was just like, okay, let me give this a shot. And it was very entertaining. And it was a good length. It wasn't too long. Um, I do know a bit of Devin Monroe. And from what I've seen, very good. And this is the same thing here. Uh, I think they're another person that has quite a bit of charisma to him. Uh, I mean, it's just all in the nickname, Black Sexcellence. So skinny guy. I, I worry sometimes about guys who look kind of, they all kind of, you know, he, he, he doesn't have that, that presence to him, but he got tough, like in the middle of that match. And, and it, it, it ramped up, like it got to where it needed to be for, for some intensity. That's, that's the thing about some points. You never know. You never expect it. And then they, <laughs> that's when they give it to you. Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to learn lesson learned from you, Marcy. Thank you for that. No, I, I've seen Devin Monroe a few times before. Like he put on some other Black Label Pro show. Uh, he was act- he actually did one of the Effie uh, Big Gay Brunches last year, I believe. I believe September. And so he's gone around. He's done some stuff. I, he got a big up, uh, tremendous up guy, I believe. And he held it going with Ake Austin here. This one's a really good matchup. Uh, kind of hoping that Ake Austin goes to Impact and says, "Hey, I wrestled this kid in Indiana. We need to look into bringing him in. I'd like to skin and bring this back and on a." I don't know how big, how much bigger a stage impact would be at this point with their current TV deal, but hey, any exposure is good exposure. Exactly. Yep. Also, what what a hunk Ace Austin is. I don't know if I'm necessarily crushing on him because I said it. Perennial, he's got a presence. I agree per, with you. Perennial favorites about to come up, but Ace <laughs> <laughs> Austin giving him a run for his money. It looked like I'm going to say, Marcy, there's no rules here. You don't have to just have one. This it's, is a show you could take multiple. It's true. I'm a, I always have many crushes in, in wrestling and real life. I like it. Variety. Variety is the spice of life. Is that what it is? Is that what they say? <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut there. <laughs> yeah. Not going to get myself in trouble. Yeah. I, I always like to say that if I had one night for anybody that I had a, a crush on, I'd be pro- approaching Will Chamberlain number. But that's not how that's not how real life works. No. I think you'd run out of I think you'd run out of time after one night. I think 24 <laughs> hours is a little bit. That's a little aggressive timeline there, Jayhawk. Uh, if you believe Walt Chamberlain, you can like the 20,000 range. Go. God bless him. Divide that by 355. And yeah. Okay. So from there, this is a non-title match where we get the impact world champion, Josh Alexander, taking on Cody Lane. I love Josh Alexander. Love him. Always have. I think he's a, he's a, a great, great talent. And, uh, He's he's not as tall as I thought when I met him in person, but he's so compact and he's so scary looking when you see him in, in actual action. It's great. I love it. I think he's uh, I, I I thought anytime he's on, I, I like to watch him. I didn't think the match was the craziest thing ever, but I thought it was good. And, and I was really happy to be able to uh, to see him on on VLP. It's always a joy when Alexander's on any of these cards. I'm hoping he's going to show up around in AIW again at some point now that thanks to Impact, his visa situation is all settled. Yeah, he he. I know he really liked his like spending his time with in Cleveland and and things like that. So I think he I think he absolutely 
Um, I think he absolutely uh, is going to be on more shows, but I, I look forward to it because I think he's terrific. I'm glad they gave him the title and uh, an impact. Oh, he deserves it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not, not nothing. They not going to be when anybody match the night pool or anything like that, but good solid match. You know, Alexander getting the win in 1220. From there, we go to tag team action. Black Label Pro tag team champion. Violent Kid Forever. Dominic Greedy and Kevin Koo. Defending, mm-hmm. defending against the main event of Jay Lyon and Midas Black. Now, not the main event where you tune in AIW, the New York based main event. As we had to, as we had to uh, uh, confirm the last time we were talking about this, yes, it was the lion face guy and and the the circus uh, ring attendant as the as the main event. So look, this is a smash. Before we get into it, Kevin Q had his hair blue, and I was oh my gosh, I'm gonna gush a little bit. Holy <laughs> shit, fucking handsome man, very handsome man. And I, I find nothing wrong with that. I look forward to it. Every time, Marcy, you see Kevin Koo, I wait for your uh, your uh, uh, opinions on him. And and I love I love Violence is Forever. And I think that they are. I mean, this style, too. They were wrestling a team with a different style and they they did it perfectly. So, you know, every time Dom and Koo are on TV, uh, I'll stop and watch their match. Oh, yeah. And uh, they certainly made use of that fucking I don't know what you call it. The, just, just a ring, the circus ring. Thing. Yeah, yeah. What do we call it? <laughs> it's just a ring, I guess. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'd be lying if I said I'm up on my circuit terminology, but no. But excellent use by Dom on with that. And I, I, I liked, um, I liked what I saw, and I think that, uh, um, I think that anytime. So, so here's another. We'll go back to this. Violence is forever. Unlike Damo, they wrestle a tag team and they put on a show those guys get a rub off of how good violence is forever are every time they're out there. The other team is going to get notoriety and people are going to take notice of those guys because violence is forever always puts on a display. I love it. I mean, I feel like we say it every time, but they're just on another level as far as tag teams go, especially like on the independent scene, Uh, three time, three time IWTV independent tag team of the year. If I believe the only team to win that award. No. There's nobody like them on the Indies. Nobody. They went against Finn Juice. That's, that could be one of my favorite matches of the COVID era. Probably my favorite tag team matches them versus Finn Juice in that weird brew pub in Orlando. That was, uh, that was very cool. Um, was it Tampa? Tampa, right? Correct. Um, that match. But look at the different styles. They went against them. They went against, uh, uh, they're going to go against the Skulk. They went up against these guys. They go, I mean, they, everything they do. Oh, they went up against uh, Suplex Science. Everything that they do, they can, they change their style and yet they don't have to, but the style that they're going against changes, they're perfect. So I have, you know, IWTV guide, our podcast, we can say that is our tag team. We will ride them right into the night. Those guys, they're awesome. RC figuratively and literally. Right. Say that's, a, that's an interesting choice of words you made there. <laughs> but yes, I, I think, I think the match was great. And, and anytime we get Dom and, and coup in there, you can't go wrong. Yeah. I, I, I think they're clearly the best tag team on the independent scene right now. I, I even make the argument. They're probably top five tag team in North America, even counting the big company right at this point. Oh, easily, easily. 
they're one team I would put definitely put ahead of them, and another one or two I'd put at, at their equal. And that's about it. Like I don't think I'd rate them any lower than four or five. You mean in out of in all of wrestling and all of and all of North America at least? Like I don't I, I I don't follow enough of Japan and Mexico and all that. To... No, I I don't think that's an, I don't think you can argue that. I think that's a, an absolutely right um, assessment of that. FTR is the best tag team in the world. After after that, there's like two or three teams right at the cup there, and Vonnegut Forever is one of those teams, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that FTR Vonnegut Forever match. Come buddy, come buddy near Ohio, promote that match. I can't believe that all these people, right? They they will these matches into existence, and this match has not yet happened. I don't understand. You got Warhorse against Cody Rhodes, and yet we can't get Violence is Forever versus FTR. Come on. What life's, is taking so long? Life's just not fair, you know? It's not. What is taking so long? Seriously, <laughs> it's them, that match, and the match with the robot are the two matches we all want, <laughs> and it, they still haven't happened. So, I mean, let's will it. We, ha- we have to somehow will it. If Home Office is listening, put it in the tag for this week's uh, episode. The gang wills Violence and Forever versus FTR and the robot into existence. <laughs> Well, we know by match is going to happen at some point. I mean, oh. but so is the violence is forever FTR match. I just don't know when. Yeah, I, I just want that to be within driving distance. I want to see that match live. I might have to fly for that one. I don't care where it is. Yeah, it was violence is forever getting the win, retaining the championship. Dominic Greeny pinning Jay Lyon with Shaking the Dragon, thirteen twenty-five, and then we have our main event: previous Black Label Pro Heavyweight Champion Jake Something unable to defend. He vacated the title. For the vacant championship, we've got Joshua Bishop, Levi Everett, Kobe Dirt, and PPO. Now, I don't think I'm overstepping it here with any of you where when you look at those four, you say to yourself, Josh Bishop is winning this title. I did not look at anyone else and say to myself, there is any way for anyone else to win this belt. Am I, am I wrong? When you look at what before this match started, did you just say to yourself, yeah, this is Josh Bishop's match. He like, he's, he's. BLP, he's AIW, he's Midwest, he's always available. He can give you a great match every time. That's the guy, right? He's my daughter's favorite wrestler. That is the guy. And then the match starts, and I ask, I ask of the jury, what happened? <laughs> uh, so Bishop is the guy that I would have that I would have put it on. Ab- uh, absolutely. Uh, Cork, I'm not a booker. There's a reason I'm not a booker. I partly made the track with my blood pressure being what it is. Uh, Kobe Durftick had the belt before. He won it roughly a week and a couple of years ago before Luke and Eric Stevens. So it's not like Kobe Durftick had been in that spot before. So yeah, he was a viable. He had a viable shot at it. Uh, Levi Everett, I would have been happy with seeing, seeing win it. I mean, I, I, I don't. I like all four of these guys. Same. My thinking is coming into the kid, Pico's the guy who's gonna who's gonna have the highest price tag attached to him. Probably gonna have the highest trans cost attached to him. I believe he still lives in Montreal. If I'm not mistaken. So you're probably not going to put it on him if you don't want to spend the money. About that. Uh, the match at Knopf is a four-way match. I'm not a big fan of four-way just in general. I mean, this was fine if you like that kind of match. Especially short, though. It was so short. Like, there was no time for this match to develop. It was like, it felt like a, a segment of spots that didn't, didn't, they didn't have any coherence, if you ask me. So every I four-way did. match that ever happened, ever. Well, I mean, I've seen some good ones where, you know, where they make sense. Um, I, I think, you know, look, 
there was too many matches on this card to begin with. So when you got to this point, this, I think this was only like 10 minutes long. How do you have a championship match that's not at least 15, 20 minutes long? There's no development, especially with the fact that all four guys, you don't have a champ. So you have time to develop each one of these guys and their drive during the match to get that belt. Instead, you just announced four guys and everyone's going at it. You didn't give enough time to develop. And I think, you know, for me, the outcome was extremely disappointing, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, you know, to be honest. You can you can have short title matches that are perfectly fine for for the spot they're on, depending on what story you're telling. Uh, my issue. I don't know what story they were telling. The, the issue here with it being a four way match, I have a hard time believing that with four guys in there that you've got two of them incapacitated long enough to have this match go under 10 minutes. Right. Exactly. I don't really know what story they were telling. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm always shocked when a six man or an eight man tag go less than like six minutes too for that very reason. Like there's three guys who aren't even doing anything like 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 right. somebody kind of stamina to keep this match going at that point. Right. And so that was my and, and that really, really soured me on on a lot of it because I, I, you know, I, I didn't like the fact that PCO was going to win. And I just I, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was I thought it felt really rushed and especially for a main event where I thought the second half of the show kind of picked up steam. Um, you, you lost me there at the end. I think they probably should have flipped this and the tag title matches around if they knew it wasn't going to be so long. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll play devil advocate as far as the time here. Maybe they, maybe they were playing on this being longer and because the show was going long, they cut a few minutes off of it. That wouldn't be the first time that happened on a, on a show like this. I think there were too many matches to begin with. So you put yourself in a hole to begin with. I think there were nine matches. That's a, that's a long night, long afternoon, especially when no one's dressing fancy. And there, there, Not one person in this match was dressed fancy. And there, there, there are 10 matches on the card, and I've already felt like seven or eight was kind of ideal. I don't think you need anything more than that for an indie show. Then again, AIW had nine at the Kankuki show, I think it was. So Yeah, but there's a difference in booking philosophies for that. So, like, you... <laughs> you go into a show um, where, you know, you know that the excitement and, and besides AIW, they don't they always end on time. So, you know, when you go to an AIW show, if the show starts at 730, it's going to end at 1030, maybe, maybe earlier um, if it starts at seven. It's going to end before 10, 1015. This show just felt <laughs> like it dragged. It dragged. There were certain spots and, and certain tr- um, matches that I just felt either went too long or would just not didn't need to be in it if you pulled it out you would have had more time for the, the championship match. So that's just kind of, I don't know. I, I was very disappointed with the main event. Okay. Yeah, was, I, I wish there's a little more to this. Yeah. It was PPO pinning Kobe Dirk with the moon calling 804 to win the Black Label Pro Heavyweight Championship. I, 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 I'll err on a kind of caution. Like, I don't, I don't want to completely say this was bad until I know what direction they're going with it. Oh, same. I don't think it was bad per se. I just felt like it could have been more. Mm-hmm. Especially being the main event. That's why I think switching this in the tag title match is probably going to be your best bet. I mean, you also have to realize that we are all incredibly biased to Josh Bishop, our guy. Yeah, but it makes sense. Like, we're not rooting for a guy who has no shot. Like, I'd understand if, if we pick like a guy and we're like, look, um, you know, some some rookie is our guy. And that is always the guy we follow and we, we want him to win. I could get it. Josh Bishop is an established champion and looks the part where you just want to put the belts on him and go, you're my guy. Every show, 
You're going to come out at the end and you're the guy who's going to demolish the guy or you're going to put on that match. I, I just don't understand the, the thinking of, of putting on, you know, a black label pro belt on somebody who's, you know, especially in a time of pandemic, who knows, gets back in, doesn't get back in. You're in the same situation as what happened with Jake something PCO gets a, an ROH contract. You know what I mean? Like there are things that you, you know, that Bishop is going to be reliable for at least six months. You know, you're going to have be able to go on a good run. I don't know. Uh, me personally. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm a little biased, but it makes sense. The bookie makes sense. That's why Dom and Koo have the belts. It makes sense. You know, I just, I just got very disappointed for that, for that main event. Yeah, let, let, let's see what direction you're going in with it. And I don't know what the next black label pro card going to look like. I don't know what the direction is for that championship. I mean, I'm willing to, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and see where they're going from here. I don't think this is going to be a, a nine or 12 month title reign. Right. Yeah. What if you switch spots? What if you put that main event in the middle where Lawler and, uh, and Davey Richards was, and you put Lawler and Davey Richards as the co-main, you put Dom and Koo as the main, and you have that title match, which didn't, which it was only 10 minutes, you know, somewhere in the middle. It's just, you know, I get it. I get the point of booking a title last, but match didn't feel like it belonged there. Hey, Black Label Pro does have three more shows coming up here in the next four weeks. So, wow. Oh yeah, because they're going to be in Vegas too, right? They're going to be in, they're going to be in Vegas Memorial Day weekend, and then they got they got to actually have a double header in Crown Point on June fourth. So. Well, we oh, can okay. this Memorial Day weekend again. End of the month. Yeah, last, uh, Memorial Day itself is the thirtieth, I believe. Yeah, the thirtieth. Oh, sick! I'm gonna have that weekend off. Hell yeah! I got a, I got a, I got a three day weekend on that weekend. I'm kind of excited, and of course, there's no wrestling going on up here that I'm aware of. There's nothing. Over the, isn't that the AEW show is that weekend? So that's cool. I'll definitely be catching that. So let's go to our. Let's get our uh, our thumbs up, thumbs down. That's a thumbs up for me. I I like I watched the show live. I enjoyed the show immensely live. Uh, and watching it live, I didn't feel like it was too long. I thought it was right about the perfect length for the show. I'm going to go thumbs in the middle. I think there's some really good stuff. But I also felt sometimes some things dragged a little bit. Yeah, I am in 100% agreement with Marcy. I'm going in the middle. Um, I wanted full buy-in for the fancy side of it. And I also, I, there were some matches that just disappointed or, or didn't belong. So, yeah, I'm going in the middle. Okay, go. Blip decision. We don't get that that often. That's the first time in a long time we haven't had a unanimous yeah. pick on that. Okay, so next week we are looking into having a guest on the show if we can get the t- uh, scheduling worked out on that. So. Yes, my, my ex over co host, Oscar. Well, I think we have a show picked out. I'm going to reconfirm with him, but I think we have something picked out. Sweet. Might be, might be going back into the AIW archives. You know, they added a whole bunch of new shows. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for that as well. It's been a little while. We've done a, a AIW show. I'm definitely yeah, definitely all in for that one. All right, let's that would be an AEW show, Jayhawk. So you know, uh, AEW. It's not on. It's not on independentwrestling.tv. No. But then you then a, all in is a is a trademark slogan there, Jayhawk. Let's watch what we're doing here. We want to keep it keep it kosher for Jerry. He doesn't need any more lawsuits, but he does need to find a match for that robot. But all, all, anyway, all in, a, all in like a poker term. I, th- I think we're pretty tame. <laughs> just covering ourselves, just covering ourselves. I want me to go ahead and get some plug and Marky, go ahead and get started for us. You can find me on Twitter at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. I'm coming back to Twitch this week. Also eGirlFemboy. 
gonna play Shadow the Hedgehog because I've been all about Sonic and I need to get back in touch with my inner edge lord. So what better game? Uh, also, just had speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, just had a new episode of X Over come out reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog too. Check that out. And I will be, as I mentioned earlier, I will be appearing on this week's episode of Wrestling Cheers. So please, uh, please, please check it out and say some nice things about me. All right. Follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. Uh, at it stands right now, uh, pending a couple things here. I'll, I'll plug the one appearance that I know I'm definitely going to make no matter what. I'm going to be helping out at the Nile Toy Market, 434 Robin Avenue, Nile, Ohio, on May, 20, May 21st uh, from 10 to 4. Uh, a lot of the local toy stores are going to have booths cut up so you can kind of look around. And between 11 and 3, there's going to be autograph signing with WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart and Fred Ottman, a.k.a. Tugboat, Typhoon, Shockmaster. And that's, that should be a lot of fun there. And Jay Gold, I believe you're up. Yes, sir. So um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JGold12. Uh, this week I'll be in the office. And uh, on Wednesday, me and my brother will be at the AEW show at the UBS arena. So if anybody uh, wants to come and say what's up, uh, we'll be there uh, courtesy of our, our good buddy, Ethan page. So we'll be there (laughs) hanging out um, at the show and my notes from home office, please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Don't forget about the brand spanking new merch store over at Brainbuster Tees. I highly recommend getting anything that's on there. The quality is great. It was a really good switch. Um, I love my joggers. Uh, I'm still waiting on the booty shorts and the track jackets, but we will get there. I promise you we'll get there. Uh, don't forget about our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, if you catch my griff, The A Show, which is slowly becoming the Jayhawk Show, at Odds with Wrestling, X Over. The card is going to change. Um, and before we do move on from the podcast friends, Jerry, if you're listening, the robot gets a match. Our other friends, JCP Designs, the official graphic designer of IWTV Guide, uh, PW Ponderings, Big Starks brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, the best barbecue in Ohio, and our pal Joey, who has moved the home office of Kayfabe Collectibles down to Florida. Check him out um, if you want to get toys and, and memorabilia. Um, that is it for me on this Monday night. So you're going to make an IWTV Guide sign for the show, right? I'm wearing all the gear. I'll be I'll be wearing what I got, my T-shirt, my joggers. I'll be in my white Dom Garini track jacket because I love it and it's awesome. Um, and so if anybody sees a guy in a, just a bright white and purple jacket, you'll be able to find me in the in the crowd. Um, but yeah, I'll be in the IWTV guy uh, joggers, joggers and the uh, and the T-shirt as well. All right, that'll do it for us here at Good Vicious One Head. You know and I know that you're only half the man that I am, and I have half the brain that you do. Night, everybody. See you. Later.
Send away, find serenity. 